Welcome to the How of Car Washing, the podcast that helps the car wash owner, operator, and manager address the challenges and opportunities associated with building and running automated car washes in today's fast-paced environment. And now, here are your hosts, David Begin and Henry Lopez. Hello, Car Wash Nation, and welcome to this episode of the How of Car Washing. This is your host, David Begin. How's everybody doing today? Hopefully, we're starting to move into the summertime here. We're starting to wash cars. If you're in one of those areas where the summertime is where you wash a lot of cars, or if you're kind of moving into an area like we're in right now, our summertime is kind of our slow period. So we're starting to get some things completed and done, putting off uh, some, you know, getting some deferred maintenance completed and kind of get, getting ready for the next season. So I always tell my guys we're getting ready for busy. We're either in busy season or we're getting ready for busy season. So now's the time to kind of get everything tuned up the way you want it. Uh, so when busy season for us comes around in the fall and the wintertime, we're ready to go. So we're excited about doing that. Uh, we've had a lot of rainy weather here in Colorado, which has been a little different than the last two or three summers, but it's been good. We got to take it. And we were just found out this week that this is the first time since the year 2000. They've been keeping statistics on drought monitoring. And we're always concerned about drought conditions in Colorado. And as of last week, this is the first time since they've been keeping track that the entire state of Colorado is not, does not have any drought conditions. So we don't even have mild drought or anything. We're completely out of drought conditions. And it's also the first time in the United States is been there's no moderate or major drought anywhere in the United States right now, which is pretty unique. So those of you who on the East Coast that have been suffering with rain have been talking to some of my colleagues on the East Coast. They've been suffering with a lot of rain, and I, I feel bad for them. Um, and the Midwest has been having a lot of rain. Texas in the Southeast has been having quite a bit of rain as well. So it's just one of these time periods where we're getting quite a bit of rain, there's not much a drought, but uh, kind of impacts the car wash business. So just today, what I want to talk about on this particular podcast is about employee evaluation. So the process of giving employees feedback through the evaluation process. And this is something I've been thinking about a lot. I've been trying to improve my evaluation process and been giving it a lot of thought and talking to some experts in this particular field. And some of the examples I've had from my consulting practice of helping managers and owners give feedback to their employees. And I think fundamentally, if you take take it down to its fundamental uh, basis, is employees do want to know if they're doing a good job. So people do crave feedback, and I think everybody wants to know how they're doing. And the quicker that, and the more often we can do that, I think we can increase the level of success for our employees. I think we can probably all agree in this particular economic climate that for us in the car wash industry to attract and hire employees is becoming much more difficult, then we've got to do everything we can to increase the likelihood of that person that we decide to hire because it's tough to hire people, right? You might have set up 10 interviews. You only get three or four people showing up nowadays. But if we do end up hiring somebody, we've got to do everything we can to increase the likelihood that that employee is going to be successful. And so we've got to do what we can. And I think this feedback or evaluation process will dramatically increase the chances of that happening. And I also think that when employees come on board, and this is something I've kind of observed over the last decade of hiring car wash employees, I think we've got our version of what the job is, and I think they've got their version of what the job is. And I don't think it could be 
Um, it, it could be that the employee just, you know, really in a, in a good way has their version of what the job is. Or it could be that, you know, they're trying to get away with what they can get away with and they're going to do the minimum amount of work and the minimum amount of effort. So there's obviously two types of employees. There's an employee that wants to be successful in the job. And then there's employees sometimes that we hire that uh, aren't necessarily invested in being successful and are going to try to do the minimum amount of work that they can and try to morph the job into what they want it to be versus what you want it to be. And so there's two different versions of the job many times. And it's very difficult for us when we hire somebody to communicate what our expectations are of the job. We can give them a basic idea of what the job is. But as we all know, in the car wash industry, there's so much to what our employees need to know and understand and learn. It's difficult for managers and owners to communicate everything up front. And so we got to rely on this feedback process to make sure that they're they're uh, they're doing the right things. I'll, I'll give you a couple examples for so you might have an employee who starts they're they're out of the gates the first week. It's pretty good. And then. Week number two or week number three, they start forgetting things or they start forgetting steps or, you know, their job was to help open the car wash in the morning and there might be something on the checklist that says they've got to clean the parking lot and then they didn't clean the parking lot. Um, you know, or you might get some employees that are, you know, on that other side that's trying to get away with things and they might show up 10 minutes late. Uh, they're going to, they, you know, in some cases, what they're doing is they're either consciously or unconsciously testing you and your version of the job with their version of the job. And, and they start pushing those boundaries to see what they can get away with in some cases. Or they might be doing it unconsciously as well. So we want to give employees credit to say, well, maybe they're just doing it unconsciously. But, um, you know, or they could be doing consciously where they said, I'm going to figure out what I can get away with here. And I'm going to, you know, put forth the absolute minimum amount of, of effort. Obviously, those are the people you want to identify early and you want to get get those people out of your system so it doesn't ruin your culture. But uh, you need to do that early and often. So I had a mentor tell me one time, especially in the sales area, and it does apply to employees, that having small, con this was the quote he always would say in sales, having small conversations along the way will many times avoid the large conversation at the end of their employment. He said it, in terms of conflict. So he said, having small conflicts with your buyer along the way will avoid the very large conflict at the end of the sales cycle. But I think it does apply to employees in the employment situation as much as it applies in sales. So it's much easier for us as owners and managers to have those smaller conversations with our employees and get them back on track than try to get them back on track after we've let them run around for the last 30, 60, or 90 days, and they've created their own version of the job, and now we're fighting to get them back where we want them to be within the culture and within within the team. And, and the analogy that I've heard that I, I've used a lot is the analogy of a rocket ship. So if you look at a rocket ship when it takes off, if I asked you the question, how often is that rocket on course? So they program these rockets, they gotta go to a certain place in space, they got to dump off their payload, whether it's satellites or whatever they've got up there, and then they'll circle around. But to get to that particular point, they've got to be on course to get there. So if I were to ask you, how often is that rocket on course? You know, most people would say, oh, it's on course 80 or 90% of the time. But believe it or not, that rocket is never on course. Okay, it is never perfectly on course. But what it does, it has software within it 
that makes what we call minor corrections. So it's always constantly correcting itself, you know, hundreds of different corrections each minute or each second to make sure that that rocket is staying within its course. So if you if you could map it, it would just be these small, tiny squiggly lines as that rocket took off and went up to space. But technically, the rocket is never on course. But they've created software to make those minor corrections. So if you look at the rocket, it looks like it's on course. If you were to probably map it out in a general sense, it looks like it's on course. But really, it's not. And that's the same with employees. I think we've got to apply that to what we do with our employees. It's much easier for us to make minor corrections with our employees than try to deal with major corrections. And, you know, once we hire the employee, you know, a lot of times as managers and owners, we get too busy to have conversations with them. And then the employee starts coming up with their version of the job. And if we don't correct it, you know, 30, 60, 90 days from now, that employee is way off course and it becomes difficult, if not impossible, to try to get that employee back on course and make them a good team member. So setting and communicating the expectations that you have early and often will obviously increase the likelihood of success for that employee. And I, I talk about that in terms of employee evaluations. So I think employee evaluations need to be both verbal and written. And I'm going to recommend a seven-step evaluation process for the first year because I think it's really important. I say the first four are verbal. And so I want you to write this down. I want you to think about it. And then I'd like for you to come up with your own different sequence of how often you think you should do employee evaluations. But again, you've gone through all the energy, the expense and the time and the effort to hire this employee. And you know how difficult it is to hire employees. But a lot of us at that point, once we hire them, the paperwork's done, we wipe our hands, we high five each other and we go off to managing other parts of the car wash. But we forget that this particular employee, although we've hired them, they're still in the back of their mind. They're trying to figure out, did I make a good decision by coming on board and working for this particular company in this particular car wash? And they're still in the evaluation process. They're still in the interview process in their brain. And they're deciding, man, if I don't like this, I'm going to quit and I'm going to go do something else. I actually had an employee last week, which I heard about. I got to talk to my manager about this. But um, it was a part-time employee that went on a break and never came back. And so we haven't heard from the employee. We don't know what's going on. So we got to figure out what happened. But that, that to me is a failure on our part if we had an employee that decided to go on break and never come back. There were some missed conversations that were, that were available to us that, uh, that obviously for some reason we didn't take advantage of because we weren't aware of it. We were blindsided. And now we've got to scramble by hiring someone else and filling those particular uh, slots in the employee schedule to make sure that the car wash is covered. So that's an example of a failure I think we had. So let's walk through this seven-step process. So the first evaluation, I would say, is you need to do an evaluation on, on the seventh day. So within a week... I think you've got to have what I call the seven-day evaluation. This is one what I would say would probably be a verbal evaluation. So I sit down with the employee. I think it's no more than 10 or 15 minutes. Sit down with the employee and say, hey, how's it going? I know you've been with us for a week. How are things going at this point for you? And then let the employee talk, you know, see what, what they're feeling at this point. Most employees early on will start feeling overwhelmed they feel like they're, you know, there's a lot more than they realize. There's a lot to learn. Um, you know, they might start voicing some of their concerns about their ability to 
to learn what it is they need to learn and to intake the knowledge. Uh, so you just kind of open it up, ask that open-ended question, how are things going? And then maybe ask them, you know, what, what's different than what you expected? So obviously you had some expectations when you came in. What's different about what you expected? And just let them talk. And again, it's really important that you let them voice their, their issues and their concerns because now you've got a basic of idea of how to coach that employee after they've given you that, that information. So they might come back to you and say, hey, you know, it's a lot more than I thought. I'm not sure I can learn everything. And then you might come back and say, you know, that's a common First, you know, a common issue that a lot of people have. Um, you know, we've got a great team here that's that's here going to help you be successful. Don't worry about it. I know you're feeling like that. Everybody feels like that. But, uh, you know, from what I can gather, you're doing well and you're going to catch on and things will start, you know, clicking for you in a couple of weeks or whatever you want to say to them. But let them voice their concerns and let them talk. And, then, you know, people also call these one-on-ones. And I think it's important to have that one-on-one and then I would also talk to them about what they're doing well. And I'd keep it really simple within a week because, again, you can't tell a lot about where they're at yet. But, you know, check with them and, and communicate what your expectations are. I would, I would focus on things like dependability. So are, are they showing that they're dependable? And, and some criteria I would look at is are they coming on time? Uh, so if you say you've got to be here, you know, at 10 o'clock or whatever, are they coming in a few minutes early? Are they on time? Um, are they in their uniform? So if you've got uniform standards, are they in their uniform? Are they taking the information you're communicating to them and then they making some improvements um, throughout the week? If they're teaching them to load cars, for example, you know, are they picking up the information? Are they listening well? Are they showing a, a, a mindset that they're willing to learn? So, you know, keep it real simple, but I would use that time to start communicating here our expectations as far as coming on time, as far as your uniform, as far as listening to your managers, um, you know, those type of things. And we see you doing those things well. So you're, you're telling what, you know, you're communicating what your expectations are and you're communicating how they're meeting those expectations within the seven-day evaluation. But again, keep it pretty short, 10 to 15 minutes. I think it just means a lot to an employee if you take the time, energy, and effort to sit down and have a quick evaluation with them. And then I would say do it again either in 14 or 21 days. I would say, let's call it a 14-day evaluation. Um, sit down, hey, how's it going? I know you've been with us for two or three weeks. How's it going again? Leave it open-ended. See what they, they're telling you at this point. At that point, you'll get a better idea if they're liking what they're doing or they're not liking what they're doing. You know, Then you might want to take some higher-level issues. So are they working well with their team? Are they sharing in, uh, tasks with each other? Are they making sure they're doing their fair share of tasks? Are they doing a good job of listening to their manager? Are they asking questions so they don't understand? Are they asking the proper questions? Are they trying to take in information? Are they being open to the fact they might not know something? Uh, so on and so forth. So, you know, so the next step is either a 14 or 21-day evaluation. Again, make that, that verbal. I would sit down with them and maybe give them a few things to work on at that point. Uh, so I'm going to want you to really work on, you know, Communicating with your manager if there's things that need to be done, going to your manager and asking for things to do if they're not if they're not doing that properly. Then I think the next one would be a 30-day evaluation. So in the 30-day evaluation, you know, they should have a pretty good understanding of the tasks and responsibilities of the job, and they should be showing at that point that they're mastering some of those things. So um, you know, they have a good understanding and they're they're showing that they're learning 
and that they're applying what they're learning. So that employee within 30 days should kind of be uh, within the culture and the rhythm of the business and uh, showing that they're going to, you know, they have the potential of being a good team member at that point. That could be written. I would say that probably still is, it could be a written evaluation. Uh, this is one where maybe you might think about the 30-day evaluation being written. I would come up with maybe five or ten criteria, no more than that. You know, five would be perfect. Here are the five things you're doing. Here's what you're doing well, okay? It's really important that if you're going to communicate with your employee, tell them what they're doing well because they're dying to hear what they're doing well, and they want to see that reflection from you on what they're doing well. So always start when you're talking to your employees, what are they doing well? Because it, it relaxes them, it creates a basis of being positive, and once you've communicated things that are going well, then they tend to be more open to the things that they might need to improve on. So I would say it always ought to be a three to one ratio between things they're doing well to things that they need to work on and improve on. Um, because you want these things to be positive. You want a, these meetings to be generally positive. The next evaluation would be a 60-day evaluation. So at that point, you need to make sure that they're mastering their basic task. We have a 30, 60, and 90-day training list that we pull our employees through. So we say, by 30 days, we expect you to know these things. By 60 days and by 90 days, we expect you to know these things. So obviously, a lot more knowledge needs to be, be undertaken in the 60 and 90-day time frame. But, um, you know, put together a quick checklist of what you want them to know. You might pull out that training list and say, how's your training going? You know, so what what, what are you struggling with right now um, that, that you're having difficulty learning? What do you think was really easy for you to learn? Um, what questions do you have about your training? And, and maybe use that as kind of a basis for reviewing their training program. So that's what you do at 60 days. Then I would have another one at 90 days. And I know it sounds like a lot where you've got five evaluations within this 90-day time frame. But again, you want to make sure that this person or this rocket is on course earlier rather than later. Don't wait until 60 days or don't wait till 90 days and don't wait till 180 days to do an evaluation because by then you've lost that employee for the most part and you're banking on hope that they get everything that they would need to get. Do it early and do it often. And I really believe you're going to increase your, your likelihood of success. But I would say by 90 days, they should have finished their training. They should have start moving into what you might consider more complex tasks within the car wash. So they need to have a basic understanding of the maintenance processes that go on. If you have your employees do maintenance, really have a better, good understanding of customer service. If they're a person that has access to the point of sale system to ha handle customers, you know, they've got a good understanding of how that works. You know, they're able to sell unlimited programs. They're able to put RFID stickers and windshields, you know, they're handling a lot of the customer, typical customer issues that come up at the car wash. So at 90 days, you should have a pretty good idea if that employee is going to be successful or not and keep that pressure on them in terms of making sure that they're being dependable, they're being reliable, they're following the tasks and responsibilities, they're integrating themselves in the culture of the organization, that they're becoming an asset rather than a liability. The one piece of advice I want to make for you is, you know, create a probation period. So probation period should be, we our probation period is 90 days. We have it in our employee handbook as a written policy to say within 90 days, we're going to determine if you're a good employee or not. And if 
you're not working out, if you're not a good fit within the culture of the organization, that we can let you go with no questions asked. And that is an important part of your employee handbook because it makes it a little bit more difficult for employees to come back and ask for unemployment insurance when it's part of the probationary period. So if you want to have a probationary period, define a probationary period, put it in the employee handbook, and make sure you communicate that to your employee when you hire them that there's a probationary period of 90 days. And if it doesn't look like it's a good fit, then we're going to part ways and we're going to promote that employee to become a customer. Okay, so that's the 90-day time period. I would say at 180 days, which is six months, you should have a quick evaluation. Again, short evaluation at that point, maybe five or 10 different criteria. Did they complete all their training? Are they mastering all the tasks associated with their position? So by, by six months, they ought to be able to perform the job to whatever expectations and levels that you want. And if they can't, then decide if additional training is needed or if it's basically a good fit. But I would make the 90, 180 day and the, the 360 day or the, the year evaluation, all those probably should be written evaluations. Um, so do, do your formal employee evaluation the year. So every year at least you should do a written employee evaluation. But after a year, they should be showing mastery in all the areas of their job. They should be, you know, taking on increased responsibility within the organization or the site. And they should be showing interest in learning uh, what are the responsibilities and roles for possibly the next position. And so if this person is doing well, then I would go ahead and, you know, have them start learning the next role. So we have our customer service associates. Um, if we think they might make great assistant managers and we start teaching them the assistant manager job and we make them what we call a backup assistant manager. So whether or not we have a job or not for that person, we start training those people as backup assistant managers. And if we have assistant managers or site managers that are on vacation or are sick, we sort of train those people to be able to step in and start uh, start running their own shifts as backups. So it's a great way to get people on, on board and get them on deck to take over the position. So if somebody leaves or somebody gets promoted, you can move those people into the slot uh, pretty quickly. So the other thing I would say, if you're going to do written evaluations, one piece of advice I'd like to give you is always give the employee what the evaluation looks like. So if you've got a 60 or 90, 180 day, 365 day evaluation, give them a copy, ask them to fill it out on themselves and then get it back and take a look at it before you fill out your evaluation. Now, the reason why I would tell you to do that is most good employees are going to be a lot harder on themselves than you'll be. And it's going to show them things like what do they think they're good at and what do they think they're not good at. So what do they believe they need to improve upon? And it might actually reveal areas of improvement that you might not have been aware of. So you might have thought this employee might have been doing a great job in this one area, but they feel like they're not doing a good job and it becomes a great point for conversation. And I believe if the employee fundamentally cares about their job and their performance, um, you know, they're going to probably rank themselves harder. Conversely, if the employee doesn't care about their performance and they mark themselves as totally awesome, so they're, you know, if you have a one to five scoring and they've scored themselves fives and they're going to tell you how great of a job they've been doing on everything, 
but you don't believe maybe that they're doing that good of a job, then you can kind of get a better idea of where they fit and what their mindset and what their thinking is at that point. But I've always found employees that really care about their jobs and care about wanting to do a good job will typically be harder on themselves than sometimes you'll be as a manager. So get get their version, look at it, see what they wrote on their evaluation, then fill out your version, and then use both versions when you go through and start talking about the evaluation. So you could say, I noticed, John, you scored yourself a two here, but I scored you a four. I think you're doing better in that area. Why do you think you're not doing as well as maybe you, as maybe I think you are? And so, again, op- ask, using that as kind of a springboard for open-ended discussions and open-ended questions will get them to start talking and reveal things about where they feel like they're at in their job and in their performance. Maybe they feel like they, they don't have enough information how to do that particular task effectively or that role effectively. And you can start coming up with a strategy to fix those things. I had a consulting, had, had one, of, one of my clients who I consult with um, was frustrated because he was frustrated with one of his employees and the performance of one of his employees. And the, the guy didn't really know what to do. And I came up with a suggestion. I said, why don't you ask him how they're doing? And he thought that was a great idea. So he, you know, after we hung up, he called the employee and said, how do you think you're doing? How do you think you're doing overall? And the employee used that as an opportunity to open up to the owner and share things that he felt like were not going well or going as planned. And then after that, the owner then asked the employee and said, well, what do you think we can do about that? Well, what do you think we ought to do to try to fix that problem? And the employee actually had a number of good ideas that they came up with to help address the problem. And, and they wrote down a list of five or 10 things that they felt like in, they can do in the next six months to improve that particular situation. And, uh, and it was a great conversation. So the owner went from feeling this level of anxiety and frustration because the employee wasn't doing well to at the end of the conversation with the employee, they had a great list of things and criteria that they were going to use in the next six to 12 months to figure out if this particular position was working out and is this individual is working out. And so I truly believe that good employees know when they're not doing a good job, but they just don't know how to communicate it. Um, and they're afraid to communicate it. Um, you know, you'd love for an employee to come up to you and say, Hey, you know, I've been at this job for six months. I don't feel like I'm doing as good as I could. And I'm frustrated with this. Is there any way you can help me, you know, figure out a better way to do this particular role? Now, if you had an employee actually come to you and say that, you probably would fall out of your chair because you probably never heard an employee do that. But it's just not in their nature to do that. People don't want to admit that they're failing. People don't want to admit that they're struggling. People don't want to admit that they're frustrated in their role. So you got to give them the opportunity to communicate that. And again, Open-ended questions, which are questions you ask them, which allow them to talk and allow them to speak, you know, gives them the freedom to communicate to you what they're thinking. And if it's a good environment, it's a good trust environment, then they, they should be able to open up to you. And so that question of how, you, how, do you think that, how do you think your role's going, how do you think you're doing so far in this first six months, you know, is a great open-ended question because it forces them to communicate to you. And they can't, you know, if, if all they give you is fine as an answer, you know, you can tell there's something else going on there. So so this whole technique of asking open-ended questions, I think is very important for both managers and owners to develop. Um, 
So again, you can't expect your employees to to just come to you and voice their concerns and frustrations. You know, you got to give them a vehicle to voice that. And these evaluations are, are a great way to, to, to be able to communicate that. So again, look at employee evaluations as an opportunity and as a tool to keep that employee on course, you know, correct the behavior, making sure they're fitting into the expectations that you have for that particular role, and then use that as kind of a springboard for performance. And I think you'll see an increased likelihood of that employee being successful within your organization. And I think it'll help reduce turnover and it kind of makes an overall good culture. So make sure you do spend time with your employees, you know, do those one-on-ones, ask them how things are going. And uh, that, that makes a big, big difference from bringing the team together to be able to perform and provide the customer service you're looking at. So that's what I have today for this episode of the How of Car Washing. We appreciate you listening. If you'd like to leave a comment, go to our website at thehowofcarwashing.com and you can pick up the How of Car Washing on the different vehicles where you can get podcasts. And we appreciate you listening. And uh, give us a thumbs up if you would. That's always helpful. Let's other people know that uh, you're getting value from this and, and they're getting value from it. So again, this is David Begin for The How of Car Washing and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to The How of Car Washing. For more information, links, and other resources, please visit thehowofcarwashing.com and leave us a comment if you have a topic you would like discussed. Thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you next time on The How of Car Washing.